Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hi, listeners. Listen to the Books and Boosts podcast with me, host Anna Temperley, and Marlena Lear as we crack open a bottle or two or three and dive into some interesting books, airing the first Wednesday of every month. Bye. There are phenomena that exist all around us. Kids playing playing above something something unknown flies over and disappears. People driving at night, seeing huge creatures cross the road. People waking up to find their cabinet door ripped open in their kitchen. Strange things happen every day around the world and seemingly at the same time and area. But are these occurrences connected? This is what we are here to explore and are trying to understand. Join us on our journey to uncover what we call the Convergence Enigma. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic adventure uh, here on the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by the deliciously stale co-hosted by Mr. Josh Abraham Rutledge. What is up, Broski? You know, uh, living life, living life, loving life. Um, uh, as of the recording of this episode, it feels like a countdown now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to every episode, like, it's now 28 days away until I move. Um, but no, that's what I'm in. And, and so I feel like there's one listener that's like, God, I don't care. Just get to the paranormal. Shit. <laughs> Come on. Just get to it. I don't care. I don't care. I live in Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> right. The the Twin Cities. The Twin Cities. Yep. Is that where that is? Yeah. St. Paul in Minneapolis. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, we got a cool, 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 cool show uh, for everybody. We had this dude's dad on our show at one point, and now yeah. we've got the son. We've got Benjamin Eno coming on the show, the son of Paul Eno. Um, we are so excited. We got to go on their show, uh, which was one of the best experiences yeah. legit ever, man. We had so much fun, and we have been um, frothing at the mouth to get Ben on this show because he is an interesting cat, let me tell well, you. Well, and these guys, you know, they kind of like are, you know, ghost people, paranormal people, UFO people. We got, you know, we had the father on, we got the son. We just need a the ghost. Holy ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing I like about them is how skeptical they are, though, as believers yeah. uh, and yeah. experiencers. Like, I'm just very excited. I, I love uh, how much they will shut you down so quick. I yeah, love it. it reminds but, me with Keith with psychics. But also, you know, just when we were on their show, man, the conversation we started getting into with Ben uh, on their show. I'm mm-hmm. just, yeah, tonight's going to be an all time of the night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> man, you're pumped, dude. I love it. I am. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on then. Let's get to our first segment of the night, which is Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word of the week. All right, psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from Dr. June G. Bletzer. I miss you, baby girl. Um, so, uh, as always, we flip through the pages, and uh, this time I landed on page 212. The phrase that grabbed my uh, uh, eyeball sacks here was Ethereum beings. Ethereum, yeah. Ethereum beings, beings. Okay. and I'm like, this is like He Man and his crew because weren't they from Etheria? They were from Etheria, yep. and wasn't it like Etheria like part of Earth somehow? No, no, no. no. The king and queen were from Earth. Yeah, and they yeah, ended right. up on Etheria. Right, Just, uh, you're right. Yeah, nerd yep. knowledge right there. I need a, I need a prequel series, by the way. I, I know I would watch the heck out of a prequel series, but I, and yeah. I think they figured out that they were from Earth on the Christmas. 
the He Man and She Ra Christmas yeah, episode. Yeah, totally, totally where... watch a, 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 a prequel series. Anyways, go ahead. Ethereal. Anywho's, Ethereal beings, ufology is where this comes from. It says intelligences made of ethereal substance making their abode in the ethers. Although features, size, shape, and density are different from earthlings, they appear to be a living soul mind, invisible to mankind, but capable of materializing for one to perceive. Theory is uh, in existence forever in the ether as opposed to a discarnate human being who returns to the earth so this this really sounds to me like the people that talk about um beings of light Mm -hmm. like the light beings and stuff you know that not light beans as in like they're less fully filling than zero sugar beans (laughs) (laughs) but no but like the light beings yeah so um, right next to it is etheria it's a quick one so i'll read that as well okay. uh, etheria says the essence of all substances vibrating at different rates forming levels and worlds and manifestations within these worlds works under the law of intelligence so that is uh intelligences made of that substance yeah yeah very interesting yeah. very cool very, very well, interesting I mean, I mean, one could almost argue that uh, the human spirit might be. Uh, that's what I was going to say. The soul or a ghost or yeah. spirit. I mean, you know, uh, the invisible. I mean, right now you go down to quantum, you know, the quantum realm and, and things like yep. that. You're like, well, what is invisible? Uh, you know, is something that is invisible. Uh, is it invisible in the quantum realm? Like if you get well, down and, small enough. And we've talked about uh, the fact that human eyes see things different than dog eyes and butterfly eyes and everything else so Mm -hmm. is it just invisible to us or invisible to everything yeah reminds me uh that npr series i don't know if it's still on but it was called invisibilia really good really good series it just talks about things like that it's it's, Mm. it's interesting really really interesting uh anyways thank you junji bletzer wherever you are rest in peace dear thank you for putting this book together uh josh if you're ready we've got a bigfoot sighting coming up for our next segment which is the sasquatch sighting of the week Sasquatch, Skunk Ape, Keith Age sighting of the week. <laughs> what have we got? Yeah, in honor of Bigfoot everywhere, and we get a whoop, 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 <laughs> whoop. Anyways, whoop. Um, so this comes from, it's a couple years old. It's uh, June 2019. Oh. Nope, uh, from 2019 in uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Hey, I know where that is. <laughs> yes, we know you're from New Jersey. I was wondering if he was there tonight. But, <laughs> oh, he's uh, always here. He hangs out behind the green screen so he doesn't get seen. <laughs> yeah. That rhyme. Uh, so, this, <laughs> so this was in Chatsworth um, along Route 563. All right. Here we go. On June 20th at approximately 6.40 p.m., I was traveling on Route 563 south of Chatsworth near the Franklin Parker Preserve Speedwell entrance. I was looking to see what the parking situation was for there for a future hike, so my eyes were on the right side of the road when out of the periphery, I saw what I thought was a groundhog on the left. It was very large, though, and I realized that it would have to be a huge groundhog, so I looked fully to the left, and I saw an approximate three to three and a half foot tall creature stand up on two legs as I passed by. I did not get a good look at the face, and I almost continued, but I decided to turn around about 150 yards up on the dirt road it's on the right. I pulled in and turned around and headed back to the location. There is a bend in the road there. It bends around to the right. On the way back, as I made it past the bend approximately 30 yards in front of me, the creature was still there. It was now fully turned towards me, and I could see that it looked like a cross between Curious George and the character Chaka from The Land of the Lost. Its face and hands, as well as the tops of its feet, were hairless and a light tan in color. 
The fur it was covered with is a golden brown, a little darker than a golden retriever, very much like the color of a groundhog. I could not see the nose when I locked eyes with it. I could not see white, just big, dark brown eyes. It stood there for a second or two, then I rounded the bend and it took off running back into the swampy area. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always think about that, man. Like, not all animals have whites of their eyes. Right. You know? Uh, And and so then you think about it, you're like... And and some animals do have whites of their eyes. They're just very small. Like, like I I had a dog a couple years ago, and when you looked at my dog straight on, all you saw was his brown the brown part around the you mm-hmm. know the, the pupil but if you looked from the side you did see a little bit of white on either side of his eye it's just it was very little like yeah. you know some dogs don't so so yeah i mean with my dog kenobi it's man when a treat comes out his he's half pug that's when his pug eyes come out and all of a sudden <laughs> you see the whites of his eyes yeah. man like so you know, don't don't fire the treat popper until you see the whites of his eyes. Is that what? That, you, that's what exactly what I'm saying, man. <laughs> he gets lit, dude. His, I mean, his eyes get so big, man. It's like a like, Boston Terrier coming at you all of a sudden, dude. I'm telling you, man. The pug eyes are crazy, dude. <laughs> that's like how you know from, he wants. Uh, some, you know, he's either got a poop or he wants a treat. <laughs> like the, the dude other. from Young Frankenstein, you know. That, yes, <laughs> yes, Marty Feldman. That's his name, Marty Feldman, man. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, um, that, I mean, it's amazing though that um, so it's, every other Sasquatch report that I've ever read, they get a glimpse and Sasquatch quickly disappears. Right? This guy saw it, and it and he passed it, turned around, and came back, and it was still there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I just maybe you know if this is an is the you know implied that this is a juvenile, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe juveniles haven't learned to run away or they're more fearless right often oftentimes even as people we're dumb when we're young right we do dumb things like stick around when we shouldn't so yeah makes you wonder well josh uh normally i would you know move on to our interview but i've got some quick creepy catch-up for you oh okay all right Creepy catch-up, creepy catch-up, creepy catch-up, creepy catch-up, y'all, it's creepy. So, uh, it's been a hot minute since I've had some creepy catch-up, since you've had some creepy catch-up. Well, since my daughter has been born, I have been seeing shadow creatures like it ain't nobody's business out of the corners of my eyes. In the corners of the rooms, for the most part, I have felt okay with this because I assume that it's relatives. Yeah. there to you know my grandparents and, and right. friends that i've lost that were like family and things like that that are there but then i had a night hag the other night that i haven't had in a long time held down which was really scary because i couldn't move my arm so i thought i had you know if you didn't know i recently broke my arm right before the baby was born uh listeners out there uh and so i thought that i had broken my arm again because i couldn't move it um and then i looked up and um i saw the classic hag the black on black red eyes and the hat josh i saw the hat hat again yes and um so i saw that freaked me out um i just told myself it was a dream went back to sleep that's fine i haven't had it this was the other night and the funny part is is i was not sleeping on my back i was on my side um my my arm was held down um i was sleeping on my side uh, but anyways, uh, I was flipping through Tubi. I think I was flipping through Tubi TV because I watched that Hollow Earth documentary that you sent to me. Yep. And I was flipping through and this this other thing popped up on, oh, recommended titles. And it was like something like The Shadow People or something like that. And I'm like, get out of town. How does Tubi know that I'm interested in shadow people all of a sudden? <laughs> and uh, it's Mike Rexetter. Um it's a series and I'm going to send it to you because I've watched two episodes so far and it involves the conjuring house as well. Mm. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, and I think we should get this guy on the show, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I was like, Oh my God. Um, and it, it was funny because even then they're talking about the hat man. He's having an interview with this guy about the hat man. And every time this guy would mention his story with the hat man, his zoom would go out. Mm. 
like it happened like four or five times like it was insane like it wow. was <laughs> it's crazy so i'm legit waiting here right now for this to go your out, to go out. Yeah. yeah couldn't believe it man but it made me a little nervous because i'm like man if there's a hag in there that close to my kid but i'm like no i know i've got relatives in here and they ain't gonna let that happen so. yeah and i mean i i wonder if like you know the energy associated with with quote unquote new life mm-hmm. um is a similar type you know energy that like for puberty or adolescence or something like that like this kind of ramp up of of energy and maybe that is an attractor it is that a word uh, for yeah for for new you know for entities or relatives or whatever you know if, if it gives other other beings the uh necessary energy to manifest yeah maybe i don't know but it's it's weird it's like it it, it i haven't had much creepy catch up in a long time and then it, it's just hitting waves you know um, it, even it, right now i see something out of the corner of mine but i don't feel scared about it It'd be interesting talking about our convergences, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting where we've looked at, you know, adolescence and its relationship to poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to look at, do people report um, seeing spirits or shadow people when there's they welcome home a new child in the home? Yeah, we always talk about, just like you said, adolescence or even death, yeah. you know, that people see relatives and things like that. But yeah, what about birth? Um, my sister definitely has some stories for sure about seeing my, my, uh, grandpa, Bob, uh, even when Connor got older, he would say, Bobo, Bobo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so very interesting. Oh, all right. Let's get into our interview with Benjamin Eno. Let's dig deeper. All right. Thank you. We are here with Ben Eno from behind the paranormal. What is happening? Mr. Eno. Hey, you know, it's just another another typical Thursday night here in, in uh, very oddly warm New England. It was 81 today, which was wow. very disconcerting after being 50 <laughs> for most of the week. Yeah, for me, I'm in Phoenix and today it was 89 and I was like, oh, my God, it's so cold outside. <laughs> I know. Well, try, see, try roughing it up here in the, yeah. the frozen yeah. chosen. Because, dude, yeah, we really. get we get. I think five straight days are going to be in the hundreds uh, coming up. So I'm like, oh man. Oh my so, god. Yeah. So 89 felt really good today. <laughs> so I even had oh, to wear my hoodie this morning. Like it was like 65. I was like, I need my hoodie. I'm so cold. I've but adjusted. Like <laughs> I've adjusted. You know, like 14 percent humidity though, too. So I mean, yeah. Oh, it's you dry know. heat. Oh, when yeah. it's 14 percent humidity, people are losing their mind here they're like ah, ah. <laughs> oh it's like the, the problem with new england is it's like it's always just so humid so it's yeah. you never just get a dry yeah. heat it's always like 100 percent humidity that's, that's louisville that's too louisville's yeah. in like this that ohio river valley so everything just oh, gets yeah, yeah. wrapped in there yeah. it is just it's like walking into a sauna or a, i mean a steam room like sometimes yep. you're like <gasps> Okay. It's good for the pores, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and for the bugs to eat is yeah, really, what it is. yeah, that too. <laughs> well, I don't want to spend this whole episode yeah. talking about the weather. It's about the weather, uh, come on now. Hey, you know we're we're Unless doing it, professional radio small talk. That's that's, that's right. What this yeah. is. Unless that's we're right. talking about uh, whether or not NASA has a cloud has a cloud engine. Um, they hey, might. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't knows. know, man. The footage I've seen looks pretty legit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, isn't Bill Gates trying to build like a, um, um, like one, well, like a, like something to dim the sun? I, I, I kind of skimmed over an article about that. That sounds yeah. like a villain That's trying a- to get Superman. <laughs> yeah. Is right? Is, is, <laughs> Bill Gates is Lex Luthor, is what you're saying? Didn't Montgomery Burns like build some kind of gigantic <laughs> thing that blocked out that blocked out the sun <laughs> over Springfield? I think, I think you're right. The well, there's Bill there's Gates, these, uh, if you're listening, stop. <laughs> I hope Bill Gates isn't listening. Oh, I, uh, th- there's a there's this um, English writer I, I really like. He's a, a former um, environmentalist, like hardcore '90s like environmentalist. Mm-hmm. His name's Paul Kingsnorth, and he he sort of he writes the, in this really interesting way, and he kind of talks about. Um, sort of the, the problem of, of environmentalism not being a policy thing. It, it kind of turned into a policy thing over the last two decades. 
but his whole thing is it's a spiritual crisis not not like yeah. a like anything yeah. that's like we can we can fix with like laws it's really interesting and he was yeah. talking about that in this it's, sort of like half narrative piece i mean it really is it's, it's a change in mentality right it's a change in approach to how we as humans uh see and interact with the world mm. and that change in approach has to happen at that kind of spiritual level we have to stop seeing the earth as something we live on versus uh something that sustains our existence yeah and <laughs> what i hear and stop seeing something know. we live on but something we live with right right yeah so, exactly um i was uh reading something the other day that uh in the last 500 years something like 355 species have gone extinct because of oh humans. yeah yeah, yeah the, the extinction rate has sped up like just in insanely fast over the last i think like you know just 60 years it's it's insane and it and it's like you know you you wonder you wonder like okay well you know we have all these these new programs and stuff it's like okay you know you, you'd expect it to do something but one would would probably posit that maybe the solutions the technological solutions are kind of part of the problem mm-hmm. kind of creating un, unintended side effects if you will right it's you know short very very short-sighted <laughs> you think you're doing the right things but then it's like oh no it's probably well, having an adverse reaction yeah, it's really even like, though you're even though you're replanting trees when you're ripping trees down that's still a habitat filled with animals oh, yeah you I learned know. something crazy about that specifically. So Fern Gully, yeah, I saw that movie too. <laughs> was, hey, Fern Gully is just the Avatar before Avatar. Amen. But, <laughs> but um, and there's dances with wolves, and dances with wolves, <laughs> but animated and better, yes. and kind of like Secret of Nim, but yes. not as dark. Not but, as um, dark. <laughs> but you have, but you know what's interesting about the 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 tree planting is that almost all of the trees that are planted are male trees. Because everyone forgets that trees have genders. So everyone's complaining, oh, every year, you know, it seems like pollen's getting worse and worse. Well, it is because there's more male trees being planted and no female ones. So there's all all of this pollen that's just floating around up there that has nowhere to go. So allergies are getting worse and worse. So people like myself are just constantly (laughs) sneezing for for months at a time. Come out to Phoenix. (laughs) We don't have trees. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, shrubbery is about it. Shrubbery and palm trees. Um, no, I didn't know that. That it was mostly male trees. That that does make a lot of sense. I never thought about that. Mm. Well, and some trees are self-pollinating, but uh, they're they're not as many as the trees that actually do have to have a cross-pollination. So right, exactly. Like up here in the Northeast, it's real bad. Like um, my my father-in-law came out to visit because he lives in in uh, Henderson, Nevada, and he he was saying he was like, "Wow, I haven't been here." He's like, he hasn't been here in like six years, and he was like, "How did allergies get worse?" And I was like, "Ah, I'll tell you why." Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Well, sit yeah. down, father-in-law. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you a tale about how yep. trees make love. <laughs> I, I hope you're ready to be bored for four hours. <laughs> oh, bored. No. There's a pun in there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll find it eventually. We'll find it's it. just dad <laughs> jokes waiting to happen. You know, you can't <laughs> see the forest from the trees. So yeah. um, I got to go. And that's a wrap. <laughs> but, you know, you know, you think about, though, the the talking about the mentality of, of people and how we really have to change the way we look at the planet. And then now I'm gonna now I'm gonna pull um, the extraterrestrial aspect in and the interdimensional being aspect in because mm. that also seems to be kind of the narrative for people who have 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 had contact or abduction scenarios and things that they talk about how they really just want us to like live in harmony with the planet and we're killing the planet and we have to do things to stop killing the planet and things like that mm. and so really makes you know if if you uh, adopt the idea that people are having contact with some potential other uh, being in the in the in the cosmos. Would they? Would an outside force be interested in our success on the planet? And if not, does that point to potentially an inside force? Mm, yeah, that's actually a really good, good point. Because I I, uh, I I always like to point this out to people. Um, there there's there's an essay if. 
you ever ever have time to read it it's by uh thomas nagel he was or he was still is he's uh he's a, a philosopher who specifically focuses on um phenomenology and the human experience and he wrote an essay called um what is it like to be a bat and it's it's a really fascinating look into um can we know what you know what it's like to be a bat and the ultimate answer to that question is well no we know what it's like to be a human consciousness in a bat but we will never know the experience of of flying around like a bat or or thinking like a bat we would just know how to be a human inside of a bat body Mm. right so the so I, I always I always find it fun when people are like, oh, well, you know, the the ETs want us to do X, Y and Z. And it's like, OK, cool. Um, why would they have our, the same morals as we do is my question. If they're utterly alien, they're utterly other. Right. You know, they're mm-hmm. one could assume in some cases, not all, because there there are some cases I've heard where they could be time travelers. There's that right. whole that whole dynamic. But there are some where it's like, OK, are they just in? You know, altruistic. You know, galaxy. You know, surfers. You know, <laughs> the <it>, Jesuits. <laughs> are they Jesuits? <laughs> All right. Space Jesuits. They're looking for spice. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> but exactly. in this case, we we might expect it um, yeah. because you know the, the the planet is kind of imploding. Um, but you know, why why would somebody who's completely other you know care about this kind of backwater little marble in the middle of nowhere, and you know. I, I have to I have to then stop myself and say, well, I wasn't there. I didn't experience what these people did or saw or 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 whatever. My my only question is, is, um, I guess, discerning what the other's motivations would be. Yeah. And and that's kind of the thing that that gets missed. It's like, OK, well, here's what they said. Bop, bop, bop. And it's like, OK, well, why? <laughs> right. Let's well. just. Let's yeah, assume that I, they do, right? When you so, think about the Star Trek, like the Prime Directive, right? It's like, don't right. mess with them if they're not at that point. But at that point, then we can send in the Calvary if they need help. <laughs> mm, that's <laughs> you know, true. Essentially, it's like, we'll let your, your planet burn to death if we haven't made contact yet. But if you got a warp drive, we will save you. Hmm. No, it's it's true, but then there's then there's the the other flip side of the coin. Like, well, you should take care of the planet, but it's like, okay, great. Well, well, how, right? Yeah. So yeah. so so it's like, well, the the first idea, <clears throat> which we've kind of adopted over over you know, basically the last century or so, which is okay. Well, technologically, scientifically, we'll figure this out, and we'll we'll be able to get there. And uh, that so far that hasn't happened yet. Um, right. Mm-hmm. We we might there's a possibility, but the problem is um, the the almighty dollar kind of comes into play, right. and it and then it stands who who kind of makes the most money off of it, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then how would how would one go about doing it? My my whole issue with with this is I, I don't I don't think technology is the answer. I think the opposite is true. I think stepping away from it and kind of reassessing what the center of our society is is right. Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole environmental narrative is is based around all right, humans bad, you know, technology bad, but then somehow it changed. And it's like okay, well now technology is going to save us somehow, and we're going to do X, Y, and Z in order to do this. But then it ends up being sort of like a funnel where a bunch of you know the basically the five richest people in the world get a bunch of money out of it. So it's right. like. Uh, all right, well, how is the ET going to help us with this? I'm wondering, I, I really I really wish I, I got a chance to kind of talk with more people about it because I've run into them a handful of times at various conferences and I've never gotten a chance to really kind of expand on, okay, well, you know, do they have like a five-point plan right. that, they, that they have that it's like, okay, you know, first step this. But a lot of it is, is, is kind of almost like prophetic in a way. Um, it almost sounds like a, like a, like a re- religious prophecy in a sense. And that, that kind of brings up a different question, which is, you know, kind of what's the spirit of this age and how does, you know, let's say, I don't know, a higher entity interact with us. If we only kind of, if there's only that sort of portion of society that responds to futuristic technology, right. Or sort of interdimensional things that at one point could just say, Hey, pick up this rock and do X. Now it's like, all right, here you go. Here's this. And now but- figure out how to fix this. But I think, but I think also, um, if if we are, this is going to be a series of ifs, right? So if we are, if we can ex- accept the idea that 
um, that people are being uh, visited or contacted by some sort of uh, higher intelligence. Um, and that higher intelligence seems to have um, an interest in our future survivability on this planet. Mm. And they want us to seek out ways to ensure our success or viability on this planet. It's very possible that those higher intelligences would have a means to do so. Mm. But would it be like showing a smartphone to a colonial? <laughs> Again, this is the prime this is the prime directive. Right. I mean, this is part of that. One of the reasons they wait for the warp drive is because once they've hit warp capability, they're smart enough to gather the future tech that that is out there, right? Mm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And it's um I'm going to I'm going to take this in a reverse direction uh timeline-wise because I, I think it's really important to point out um how technology has affected us you know, over, over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a fun fun Socratic dialogue between Plato and Socrates, and uh, Plato is is talking about the god uh, Thoth, uh, the Egyptian god Thoth, mm-hmm. and he brings down writing to the Egyptians. And Plato's like, "Wow, isn't this great? You know, we have writing; we can write down all these things, and you know, this will be awesome. We can write books." And Socrates says, "That's not great. That's terrible because then people are going to forget things." And and so we 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 use technology in a way to kind of control the world around us, and and we use it in, in a way that's we we sort of give up sort of different powers and we sacrifice different abilities that we have in order to control the world around us. But in effect, we don't really control the world around us anymore. We end up just giving control to something else. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, there's a game we all like to play, especially people who love films, right? Where we will name a film and we'll say, all right, you know, let's talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000, right? You know, everybody, every, you know, old school sci-fi nerd loves Mystery Science Theater 3000. All right, well, who's the guy who created it? Joel Hodgson, right? Yeah, so cool. All right, uh, well... <laughs> Who played Pearl Forrester in season nine? And it's like, oh, geez, I I, I know like Mary Jo something or other, but I don't remember her last yeah. name. And so you, you think and you think you think and you try to think as long as you can until you're like, all right, I guess I'll just Google it. Yeah. Prior to that, you didn't just Google it. You just kind of had to like, all right, well, we'll figure it out somehow. We'll go find, you know, the VHS tape, you know, flip on the back, look at the look yep. at whoever yep. and, and, and all that. But prior to that, it was a memory game, right? And people would do that with all everything, you know, remember when this building was here, remember when this building was here and it's, and, and we, we've sort of given that up in favor of sort of this seemingly limitless knowledge. Wow. But here's the thing. It's unfiltered knowledge. (laughs) You can learn all sorts of stuff, but it's incredibly unfiltered. Like I can tell you all sorts of useless facts about things like how, you know, uh, I learned how manatees stay buoyant and and I learned that and it was useless and it, and it was like okay well now I learned all these things and it's like all right well I've give I've given up all of these abilities just so I can do this I, I a buddy of mine's a seventh grade math teacher and uh, he came over and he was having dinner with my wife and I and he and he was like oh I'm, I'm doing a test for my seventh graders in math can you, can you guys do it and like you know tell me how hard it is let me tell you I struggled so hard with the seventh grade math test. And like my my job, I'm I'm effectively an assistant project manager for like a commercial construction company. So I, I kind of have to know how to do like algebra and basic math. And yeah. like, let me tell you, seventh graders, man. Oh, that's the luck to you. Best of luck. That's why I love that show that are you smarter than a fifth grader show? Because. Oh, yeah, it was. It's fantastic because, boy, the amount of knowledge you forget over time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, because we've we've sacrificed it in order to gain greater control over the world, right? Mm-hmm. So now let's let's take this this sort of scenario and move it into the present. Would you know we technology's done some good stuff for us? We can we we're all in different parts of the country right now, and we can talk, which is cool, and we can share ideas. But one of the one of the interesting yeah, one of the interesting things I, I heard from um, from uh, it was some some podcast I was listening to was is it true connection? Are you truly connecting with people if it's if it's at this distance? I mean, I'd, I'd say yes, yeah. but there's something about the physical interaction that where like you see that uh, that other that other person like, hey, you know, I'm 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 not really super dressed up right now. You know, I, I was in my work clothes and then I just was like, nah, it's like 930 at night. I'll, I'll switch out into something more comfortable. Right. So 
but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you, are you really connecting with somebody? And, and so with, with this idea of, of sort of moving forward with, with technology, do we think it's, it's, it's helping us or hurting us? And I'd say it's kind of doing not a lot of great stuff for us. I think it's separating us a lot. And I think since, since COVID's kind of happened, we've learned a lot about ourselves. (laughs) We've learned a lot about ourselves and we've learned a lot about the world around us. And and we've learned a, how fragile it is. And B we've learned how fragile we are and C we've learned that we're a lot more isolated than we realized we were. And we've sort of built ourselves into these sort of black mirror esque boxes and and my sort of question to people is okay well you know if these are advanced quote-unquote races from from other other planets or other dimensions or other multiverses right coming here to 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 help us you know how how would giving us more stuff you know help help us get better and that's that's sort of my 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 thing with with that because I, i think we're I think a, re- a really important thing that we've we've kind of lost is as, as a, in, in the Western world, at least, and soon to be the whole world. Uh, I, I took a course in college, and it was probably the most useful one I ever took because I don't use my I barely use my major. I'm using it now because <laughs> audio engineering. Right. But one, but a, when I was in college, I took this course called Religion and Globalization, and it was a, a effectively an anthropology course, and it was run by this this woman who worked for the UN for a really long time specifically in like you know dealing with other other cultures you know you know spiritualities and stuff like that so like shinto and all that stuff really interesting lady talasi shrivas was her name and uh she brought up this point that like you know there's there's sort of this narrative that that people live in you know and they they have a sort of a, a story that they're a part of but in here in the west at the time this was like 2014 so it was a little bit different than it is now um it here here in, in the west there's sort of this sort of like okay well we're we're kind of all the main character in our own story and and we're we're all sort of playing our part and everybody else is just kind of like extras and i i don't think that's true and i think the paranormal is a really interesting narrative to be a part of um because i think it explores this sort of this uh fringe of of sort of the narrative of of society a lot of stuff that people have forgotten right whether it's cryptids or like you know the possibility of of you know other other life on other planets you know the the idea that on the fringes you know monsters exist and and things that are that are are mixes of 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 different things and stuff that's on the outside that people you know they're they like to think about but they never experience or maybe they do and they just they don't know how to deal with it because they've either been a told okay well yeah that's not real or like you know you're just kind of making it up and get gaslit basically or um you know there there's there's just no there's no room for for that narrative to exist so i think what we're experiencing now um and i i i i'd assume that that you two probably experiencing the same thing is the sort of reenchantment of the world mm-hmm. right the sort of the sort of portion of of reality is kind of becoming more fantastical but in a good way where we can interact with with sort of these other these other other worlds and these other portions of the story that we've been a part of the whole time but we've kind of just forgotten about and i think this sort of narrative with you know extra et coming down and saying hey fix the world is 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 a small part of this story that we're all a part of you know whether they're they're in it for good or for ill the problem the, the thing is something's happening but the question is, what is happening and how are we perceiving it? So I think that <clears throat> I want to touch on a couple of things, um, Stefan, and then I'll, I'll let you jump in. But um, the so number one, I, I think that we as humanity, um, somewhere along the line, we developed um, a, a complex where we require something to save us. Um, right. We, we constantly look for the, the, the savior aspect, uh, whether you, whether you're a Christian and, and or, or any, any religion and you look at your gods to save you, um, you look at, uh, or you're a, a full diehard ET believer, ET will save you. Um, or if but you the, yourself have a savior complex and you're right. going to save, people. <laughs> you're going to save the whole world. Right. But, but for some reason we, we, as a collective society, constantly look at something else to save us mm. so to, to, to think about your you know your your piece there around 
um, you know, giving us uh, something to uh, technology to to save us or something like that. But when you really think about it, it's more of a. You know, to, I think this is probably from the Bible, but I can't remember. But it's more of a teach us to fish versus yeah. give us a fish, right? Mm. Um, I think that that's really the way that <clears throat> that real change happens is when we we humans figure out what we humans need to do to change our reality. Um, and then and then secondarily, I'll say that um, uh, the other piece is is you know you talk about the kind of myths and legends and lore that have been with us for thousands of years, but yet in the last 100 to 200 years, we've kind of forgotten about them, right? With fairies and leprechauns and all this kind of stuff that that our ancestors would offer sacrifices to and offer presents to and put out cakes and fruits and all these things. Mm. Our ETs, just that same consciousness, that same fairy leprechaun consciousness. Ooh, and, so and so therefore their interest in our saving the earth is because they're here sharing it with us. Mm. See, now that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting point. Um, I guess I'll go, I'll go one at a time here. Uh, I should have a piece of paper. So we're writing this down. (laughs) ADD is just going crazy. Um, There's a really fun sort of story. If if we're going to, we're, we're going to take we're going to take the Old Testament here because there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, in, in the book of Isaiah, there's a really there's a really fun parable where um, Isaiah is talking about uh, idolatry. And we're, I'm going to do a little quick aside and do do a little little fun thing where idols aren't bad because you're making something. Idols are bad because you're trying to capture a spirit and use it to basically control the reality around you um that's why that's why idols were bad um and so that that was sort of the 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 idea behind it was you know okay yeah we're gonna build this this thing so like you know the tower babel is is a good example that's that was essentially an idol to try and capture you know yahweh the most high god and uh that's that's essentially the the sort of you know that's my little side thing on that anyway um so the so in in Isaiah he brings this he brings up this really interesting point where he says okay well you know this 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 uh, this woodworker hears some guy talking about uh, Baal and he's like wow I really like that I'm gonna take Baal as my god so he goes out and he grows some really beautiful trees he cuts down the trees he um, he like is he's he's making this beautiful you know sort of like little like you know idol for himself in that time he's you know feeding himself he's feeding his family he's still doing his work and then eventually you know he he you know does his thing and he makes this little idol and he's like great i have it and the hero of the story is is not is not ball but the the hero of the story is is the craftsman because he did all these things not ball he did them he he was able to feed himself ball didn't feed him you know he grew the trees ball didn't grow the trees he cut down the tree. He he fashioned the idol, and you know, Ball didn't do that. He was like, "Yeah, I." So the the whole point of the story is the human did it. You know, the mm-hmm. human had more power than than the idol did, and so that's that's the whole moral of the story. And I, I think that's a great illustration of we we do we do like to make idols out of things, um, whether it's it's you know celebrities or or you know rich businessmen or thinkers we really like or our own ideas or ourselves right you know you can very easily get caught up in wow i'm the smartest guy <laughs> there is kids and <laughs> it's like you know josh <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's like but at the end of the day it's like ah uh, you know we don't we don't really know a ton and but but the one thing we can kind of know is that we can kind of for, forge our path, but the question is, what do we pattern ourselves after? Right? You know, we we always look, we always look for a, a savior of some sort, and uh, whether whether it's you know Bill Gates building his his Bond villain esque inventions there, or Elon Musk taking over Twitter, you know, it's like, oh, this is great, we're gonna do this. Yeah, I, I work with a couple of guys who are just like that, and it's like they're like, yeah, this guy's gonna do this, and it's like, yeah, this guy's gonna do this. They can do no wrong, and it's like, okay, man, I don't know if that's true, but okay, because it's like at the end of the day, they're all human too, and I, I think it's it's important to realize that you know these most of these saviors are kind of like 
Eh, humans too but even if it's yeah. an extraterrestrial saber as well they're not human in this case but <laughs> but at the very or least they? it's they might be they could be <laughs> time travelers <laughs> is the thing <laughs> i know right uh, just yeah play the track it's it's so it's so fascinating to kind of take that into account because it's like you know at the end of the day we're we're the ones kind of interpreting the messages and saying okay well they're they're saying this it's right. it's people who are experiencing these things and and bringing forth the messages it's not you know some grays like landing you know in our front yard and slapping us in the face and telling us you idiot you know <laughs> it you know it's it's people delivering these things and so our our roles in the story are not merely victims or not merely just experiencers it's like you know we're we're all vital in this yeah. and we're all in the process of it moving into into the next next part here it's it's fun because we're going to go back to idols again um it's it's connected in a way because um how do you welcome a guest into your house you know you you let them in um you offer them something to drink some to eat and uh presumably if they're not there to murder you you know everything goes fine and you know if, if they are there to murder you may, maybe that uh, you know a beer and like some pizza will calm them down well That's, i don't know garlic they could have been vampires and you invited they, them into your home <laughs> they could they could be vampires and then you better find your holy water or holy yeah. salt depending or on your persuasion salt. or both or garlic salt garlic holy salt oh man <laughs> <laughs> the triple threat it's, uh, they uh but yeah, you you would you would presumably offer them something in return, and and I, I heard this really fun this fun lecture by by this guy who's a uh, uh, he's he's not just a biblical scholar, but he's also a scholar on on Ugarit, and um, and he he's made this really interesting point where uh, he was like, yeah, you know, what do you do if you encounter like some cosmic entity, right? You're not really sure what to do. You're like, I, I guess I'll just offer them food. So you off, offer them food by by burning it, <laughs> and, and then you you partake in the meal too. Mm-hmm. So that's you know so that's what the that's what the oil was for, right? So you know you go to like yeah. you know the Temple of Zeus, and yet you have your oil and you have your cakes and you burn them for Zeus, and then you have a little bit for yourself. And so maybe I I, I could I could argue that they that they might be um, extraterrestrial entities because I, I think breaking down the word, it's it's not really of earth per se it's something extra it's something outside it and something on the outside you know there's this whole sort of fun um you know ancient worldview where you know there were no sort of separations of of experience right so you know if, if you if you look at a textbook you know any modern textbook you know you, you look at egypt and you see okay well you know the pharaoh was a guy you know they thought he was a god but he was just a guy and uh he he symbolized x y and z and all these political things happened and oh by the way going on at the same time osiris was constantly you know dying and and being reborn dying reborn dying reborn and it's like okay great cool every year they do this whole thing but it doesn't matter because what matters is the political side (laughs) yeah the way it was experienced was all of it was going on at the same time. There was no separation of layers, right? So fun fun fact, if you went back in time to ancient Egypt and said, okay, where's the Red Sea? They'd be confused and say, what are you talking about? Because they didn't know what the Red Sea was because it was called essentially, bad translation, the Great Green of the East, which would be the modern day Red Sea. <laughs> but they did have a thing called the Reed Sea, and the Reed Sea was sort of the Egyptian version of the River Styx. And so the fun thing was it was a physical place, but it also symbolized and in effect was the Reed Sea. And so the whole symbolization, but also the experience of this, you know, you see it in, in Exodus and you can probably find it in some fun Egyptian myths is 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 this whole sort of experience of, of a physical place having having another another part to it because there's no separation in reality it's just mm-hmm. this is there's there's another there's another side to everything right so even even from the most mundane things there's a spiritual aspect to it right you know that's why you know liquor is called spirits right? right so it's so there's there's an aspect to it that's you know this is this is there's something more to it right even the most mundane things so in effect yeah sure they could have been extraterrestrials that are that that are, are sort of messing around in our reality you know i think ancient aliens might have a point but i also don't want to diminish the human element because humans aren't stupid right we've we've been able to do plenty of things <laughs> without help for 
centuries yeah, and we've been able to screw up our own planet without any help so hey you know we <laughs> must be pretty good at something right so I, th- I think it's i think it's a possibility I, I wish i had more more fun things than than just mythology to point to because i think the 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 important thing is <clears throat> mythology as we understand it isn't just you know okay well these are just fun stories you know to kind of explain lightning this was like <clears throat> these were narratives that that people lived in right like old rituals you know were basically people read reenacting stories you know like i learned this today that apparently greek tragedies um were reenactments of terrible events so they wouldn't happen to you so it was like you know you do a terrible thing to counteract a terrible thing that's why you know one of the things that um roman or greek greek citizens usually had if they had like any amulets or anything like that because amulets were a big deal for warding up curses and stuff they'd have like a medusa head and they'd they'd wear that in like a necklace or, or a chain or something and that was because something so horrible happened to medusa that maybe if you wear this chain nothing horrible will happen to you So it's so, so it's it's interesting because these these whole little portions of of, of culture have kind of just been lost over time, mm-hmm. um, especially here in the West, where it's like you know we do all these rituals all the time, like shaking hands, like just, but we just we lose the significance of it. Whether yeah. it's something so simple as okay, well we're shaking hands, you know, not just because okay, well we don't have weapons, right? right. You know, that's that's the surface level thing, but the importance of the right hand, especially in like you know ancient ancient you know belief in in like the mediterranean was that the right hand was power it symbolized it was sort of like it was like the symbol of power you know because people would you know do everything with their right hand unless you were a lefty but if you were righty you know you do everything with your right hand so you're you're showing that you're you know not trying to kill somebody but also like that you're you're sharing power with this other person by shaking hands and so it's it's these these little things that we've just lost over time that I think we're we're kind of getting back slowly but surely, even if it's just through these these narratives that we're experiencing now in in the paranormal between you know upright canines because that's not new, right? <laughs> People descending from the sky, not new at all. A lot of these things really aren't very new. You know, you could probably find them somewhere. I mean, there's some well, odd stuff. It's interesting because you're right about that because like handshaking is this brave thing now. Like we just got a new guy at my work. And he, you know, we shook hands when you guys, but like COVID still has me scared. Right. And mm. so it's a big, bold move to shake someone's hand these days. And so there's power in it again. And oh, yeah. it's this, it's this really, because it means something even more than just the, the elbow bump or the fist bump, right. That everybody started doing. If you're shaking hands with someone, it's a huge deal right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 all these little things, and it's it's funny. Like like I said, re- reenchantment, right? You know, we're we're experiencing it every day, you know, and and it's whether it's you know by kind of being more conscious of the of the the world around us, you know, not just like okay, well, I'm sitting at my desk, but you know, there's unseen things, also seen things that are popping up, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And it kind of meets us where we are, right? You know, it's why I I honestly I think I, I've sort of. Ch- been honing my opinion on this for years why people sort of experience different paranormal phenomena differently and i think it's just because of how we approach the experience it's just very individualized like how how i would experience you know seeing you know an apparition could be different from either of yours right or you know maybe we'd see something completely different i don't know it's it's such a it's such a fascinating thing you know I've, i've often thought about um do we experience it differently or is it presented differently to us? Mm, that's a good question. I, I wonder that too, because I, I was, I, I worked a case a long time ago. I think I was like, geez, I must've been like 2021. 20, and um, my dad didn't want to go. He, he was like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was some, some, some paranormal group outside of Boston. I can't remember. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. But my dad was like, I don't want to go. You, you can go. And I was like, uh, okay. Sure. So, <laughs> so I drove my little Geo Metro up there and uh, I already brave. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had like one of the, one of the, <laughs> had a banana yellow Geo Metro that was a convertible. And let me tell you, that thing was terrible. <laughs> no sharp, no sharp turns, boy. Let me tell you. <sighs> I've I, almost I dr- flipped in a couple of them. So <laughs> I know the only thing holding you together is rust and a convertible top. It's, <laughs> it's pretty rough. So, so I made my way up to this case and, and we, we get to the house and, and the house is essentially, um, 
it's it's sort of it's an old it's an older place but it's it's kind of it's kind of nice you know we we get there and there's this you know there's like three psychics running in there's another guy running in there's like four guys with like you know sound sound gear you know everything you can imagine i'm just standing there like all right and so so i I walk in and um they're all running around and and doing all this stuff and i walk up to the lady that owns the place i'm like so what's you know so i'm like okay well here hi my name's ben you know i'm gonna walk around can i get my impressions and then i'll and then i'll come back here so they're all running around and you know getting in each other's way and they're all in the backyard like oh we found something crazy and i'm I'm just kind of like sitting in the attic and i'm like ooh, this isn't good there's uh you know we got two sort of negative entities here and and so I, I, I'm like, I, I walk back downstairs and I'm like, all right, uh, miss, let's, you know, let's have a quick conversation. So I run through a questionnaire we have and I'm like, how's your electric bill? She's like, it's pretty high. I'm like, okay, great. Is it unusual? Yes. Great. She, and I was like, is there anything I should know about? She's like, well, my son barricaded himself in the basement with his girlfriend and they've been doing uh, like black magic or something. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Okay. And then, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's probably not good. Um, so, you know, these the, the other people are running around. They're like, oh, there's like, you know, dead children in the backyard, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, you need to you need to calm down because this lady like I was like, hey, first of all, you either need to kick your kid out or like, you know, get just get him away. And then two, you need to go to like you know, family counseling. That's like that's like yeah. what you need yeah. to do. Like, yep gets get some help because this is like not that's just not good and they're like oh well we can just do all this stuff and i was like all right no 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 we're experiencing two very different things here because i was was like i'm seeing this kid in the basement like you know just doing whatever doing god knows what and and i'm up here and this lady's like freaking out she's got another younger kid and the other this little kid's got like bruises all over him getting thrown around and stuff i'm like oh that's not good all right so let's (laughs) like all right i was like this is what we're gonna do that no, just go and do this and so i haven't heard a thing since so presumably knock on wood everything's okay you know because I, I last i heard she got the kid out which was good yeah and he and so i was like that's that's what you need to do but we experienced two different things and a part of me wonders if it might be a mix of both mm-hmm. kind of like the the phenomenon catering itself to what we're expecting but also our interpretation of what we're expecting, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like um, pareidolia almost. The uh, the phenomena, yeah. uh, the audio phenomena where you, you, you think you're hearing something and then your brain tricks you into thinking that you're actually hearing it. Yep. So it's 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 similar to that, I think. You know, the human brain is a very powerful, powerful thing, but it's uh, it, can, it can lead us astray, that's for sure. Well, let me sure. tell you what, I, I could go on for another 40 minutes for sure, uh, but I think we are nearing time um, and so, um, uh, yeah, I, I actually had three more follow-up questions that I left to hold. <laughs> hold I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so thank you uh, so much, Ben, for, for being on the show tonight. Um, give people a chance to work. Where, where can they find more about you? Uh, where mm-hmm. can they find stuff that you got going on? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, behind the paranormal.com is, is kind of the main website that that'll give you all the information on our, on our, our show podcasts, you know, and if you want to get any of our books from mine, uh, well, my, mine and my dad's to just my dad's, he's got some good ones out there. <laughs> um, you can find out all, all that stuff on there. We have, and we're on YouTube as well. Any major podcast platforms, you can find us behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben, Eno. Great. Fantastic. All right. Ben Eno, hero of the paranormal. Thank you so much (laughs) for uh, joining us, man. We would love to have you back anytime. You take care. Thank you so much, man. Benjamin Eno, man. I Again. knew I was going to love that. I knew going into tonight, I knew I was going to love it, and yep. I was not disappointed. That's right. Ben Emo. Uh, emo. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> uh, ben Eno uh, can be found, again, just a reminder, behind theparanormal.com. That's with his dad, Paul, and Ben Eno. You can check out their show. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Get their books. Get all their stuffs. All their stuffs. Get it all. <laughs> Get it all. Catch it all. Like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. Exactly. Uh, But thank you, Ben, for coming on, man. You are welcome on the show anytime. Uh, We loved having you. Uh, Josh, we got to start wrapping up and get out of here. Make sure if you want to check out our archived uh, shows, even from the Fearscape Paranormal podcast, go to theconvergenceenigma.com. Big thank you to the Unex Network, as well as the Fearscape Media network we love you guys so so much that's 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 what i'm saying 
Yep. And then if you don't mind, if you have an opportunity, you're like, hey, I'd like to add a new T-shirt to my wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Jump on over to theconvergenceenigma.com slash store. Constantly uploading new designs. My favorite so far is uh, it's a picture of Bigfoot and it's being like unzipped and there's an alien on the inside. <laughs> yeah, so. I like that. I like the uh, the engineer one with uh, the, the creature from the aliens movies. Yeah, um, I love that one. Um, yeah, even our buddy John in the UK, he got a couple T-shirts. So we do it ships internationally, let me tell yep. you. <laughs> so all of our listens, listeners in Sri Lanka, if you guys right. want a T-shirt, you can get one. You can get one. Uh, But anyways, thank you guys. This has been Stefan. Just a reminder, keep your eyes on the skies. This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, never stop questioning. Never stop searching. Good night, everybody. Good night.